On today's edition of Bench Bros, predictions for the AFC and NFC North, the latest NFL training camp news, MLB trade deadline deals, and a brawl that happened in Cincinnati, new preseason polls in college football, and this year's Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2019. All that more on Bench Bros. Let's go. Welcome to this edition of the Bench Bro Sports Podcast. We're glad you could join us today as we are a bunch of sports junkies debating about the hottest topics going around in the world of sports. I'm your host, Wussy Splain, and joining me today are Anthony Fertini and Brandon Farrell. Guys, what's happening? Yo, what up, what up? Boys, what is up? We are back. How are you? We are back. Brandon, did you try out for wide receiver yet for the Giants? Uh, I did. (laughs) Uh, they sent me to the Patriots, though. They said I was exceeding expecta- expectations for the Giants this season, so they didn't want me to play. Makes sense. <laughs> Bill Belichick's like, yeah, let's try this guy at quarterback. Yeah, they put me <laughs> as the fourth string. They transitioned him to wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be handing out water for most of the season to the Patriots, so look for me on the sidelines. <laughs> I think he's going to play in Ohio State this year again. Yeah, I'll try. I'll try, but our boy's not there anymore coaching, so I don't know. You could play at uh, Stockton University. Nah, they're too good of a program. They're way too good of a program. (laughs) They don't have a team. I know. No, no, you guys should play. No, yeah, you should definitely go there. Play for the underground lingerie football team. Yeah, they're too nasty. I got Stockton University. They're really good this year. <laughs> All right, well, let's start talking about predictions. The NFL season is under a month away with the Bears and Packers kicking it off on Thursday night of September 5th, I believe. Anywho, let's predict the AFC North and NFC North. We're going to start with the AFC North. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens were division winners last year at 10-6 and six with uh, rookie quarterback Lamar Jackson starting halfway through the season. Pittsburgh Steelers finished 8-7-1 right outside of a wild-card spot. And um, they had a lot of noise this offseason with Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, that whole situation. And then the Cleveland Browns, the Cinderella's of the year, apparently, because they got Odell Beckham and all this other great talent with Baker Mayfield going in the second year. And then the Cincinnati Bengals, who were 6-10, and and uh, they just lost A.J. Green for the first two games. And uh, I don't even know who their coach is. Um, it's like Zach Smith or something, right? Oh, my God. It explains really? how the Cincinnati Bengals are going. So. Wait. Hold on. I can't this. Zach Taylor, whoever that is. Oh, you're joking. I have, the bang- I, have the bangles- I have the Bengals winning the AFC North. Fuck! <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. You got Wait, the Red no. Rifle winning the MVP? Yeah, man. It's, he's due. He's due. I got the Bengals winning the Super Bowl. Can you imagine the odds on that? Winning oh, like oh, did, the you, Super Bowl. did you? Before we get into this, did you guys see how they like disrespected Tom Brady by only giving him twenty six million? I think Kyler Murray is making more than him this year, and he's like only twelve years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I it's, think it's Brady was. He doesn't care about the money. Like I, I think he came out and said it one time before. It was like, I just want to win. 
he was so willing to take less money. I get it, but I mean, to pay Kyler Murray all that money, I mean, fuck knows how good it's that guy is. Exactly. We'll get into Tom Brady a little bit, but let's uh, let's see how this AFC North is going to go. I'm gonna I want to start with um, Anthony first. Looking throughout this division, some of the additions and subtractions amongst the division. The Ravens being the divisional winner last year. Um, Pittsburgh and Cleveland are bound to have great years. What? How do you see this division shaping up? And who do you think the front runners and uh, who is long gone? Okay, so ranking the AFC North, I'm gonna go with. I think the. Okay, so Bengals are gonna be last. That's number one. I mean, AJ Green is out. Who is their quarterback? Andy Dalton still? And then their yep. their coaches. The coaches. I don't even know who this guy is. Zach Taylor. He looks. He looks like a college football player. Um. So I definitely think they're. They're not going to have an easy schedule this year either, and they're not going to play as well. So they're fourth. Coming in third place is probably going to be the Steelers. With all this stuff going on between Mike Tomlin, Big Ben, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. Um, Juju Smith is the one to save that team. Same thing with James Conner. Um, and then on the line there, you got TJ Watt. So I'm putting them third place. Uh, it's a tough matchup between the Browns and the Ravens, but I believe in the Browns. So in second place, I'm going the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. And then first place, I'm going Cleveland Browns. Stakers just got too big of a heart. Jarvis has too big of a heart. OJ, OBJ has too big of a heart. OJ so, Simpson. <laughs> I, was, I was like, wait, I missed the B. OBJ has way too big of a heart to win these guys are just fierce competitors and that's just something you can't coach it's something that's always been in them so i'm going browns first uh first in the afc north um ravens second steelers third and Bengals last brandon you've got the cleaver browns are you on the hype train with the browns uh, no, I'm not falling onto the hype train with the Browns. Um, I always go against the grain. I don't like all these Cinderella stories and these super teams. I don't believe in them. Um, but I do like Anthony. I do like where he's coming from. Uh, so I think Pittsburgh is really going to struggle this season, um, being that they don't have Antonio Brown. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster will pick up some of the slack. But it's up to Big Ben to be a leader for that team. Uh, and obviously reports show that he hasn't been. So um, with that being said, I put the Cincinnati Bengals at fourth, the Browns, or I'm sorry, the Steelers in third. Originally, I was going to say the Steelers would win the division, but with everything that's going on in the locker room and Mike Tomlin, uh, his coaching has been questionable. I put them in third place. Uh, I put the Browns in second, and I put the Ravens back in first. Um with Lamar Jackson. I mean, the Ravens added Mark Ingram as well. I mean, they lost Pro Bowl safety Eric Weddle. Um, but I think those are the two best teams in that division, the Browns and the uh, and the Ravens. But I think the Ravens edged the Browns this season. I can't believe you guys aren't buying the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. I have them winning the division. I feel like, no. uh, yeah, I feel like the subtraction of Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell is going to, you know, relieve some pressure off of this team. This team has a great offensive line. Big Ben, no matter what his leadership is going to be, he's still going to be slugging the ball around and 
doing all sorts of numbers. It's just his decision-making at times when it's a big game. That's probably when it's going to be a little shaky. But they have a lot of winnable games, and most of those big-time games are at home. So I think the Steelers go 11-5. and The defense is, like, tuned up a little bit more. The question is about the secondary, but I think Pittsburgh can put enough points. They just signed Dante Moncrief, too, to compliment Juju Smith-Schuster. And Dante Moncrief has been pretty solid as, like, a reliable receiver that can just catch. And um, I think Cleveland gets a wild card, too. So, like, they'll go 10-6. and Cleveland's got, you know, an okay schedule. They've made a lot of additions. I think that talent is going to work out. Um, They're going to be flying right out of the gate, in my opinion, because they got to play the Titans and then the Jets and, like, all these winnable games. So everyone's going to be on the hype train with Cleveland. But down the stretch, I think they take a little step back because they got a rookie head coach at Freddie Kitchens. Who knows what that – that guy was a position coach last year. He was just a quarterback coach last year, and now he's a head coach of, like, 53 guys. It's going to be shaky. And then Baltimore, I just think Lamar Jackson can't throw the football. And then they lost a lot on that defense, too, with, like, Eric Weddle, Terrell Suggs, C.J. Mosley, who's an absolute stud of a linebacker, and then Zadarius Smith. I, I felt like they just lost way too much to bring in. Yeah, they got Mark Ingram, and that's going to be an RPO-style offense. And then the Bengals are the Bungles. Uh, I'm not going to get into the Bungles. So, <laughs> but I think Cleveland gets a wild card, yeah. and then Pittsburgh gets. You know, they're a division winner, and I think those two match up in the playoffs. And then I got Cleveland winning that game. You know, at least one. Cleveland just has to make the playoffs in order for you know to be a successful season. Do you guys agree? Or I yeah. mean, I it's hard. It's hard to go against the Browns in. This upcoming season, maybe for some more seasons to come, I can kind of like look at them a little bit more and say like, all right, I don't think they got it. But it, I just feel like there's too much going on with that offense between there's, – there's just a lot of talent on that team right now. And I think they're, everybody's really happy where they are. And a lot about winning games is about being happy with who your coach is, being happy with who you're surrounded by. Um, and just the talent they have. But like you said, Wes, the coaching situation with this guy, Freddie Kitchens, coming in, you don't know how that's going to go down as head coach. That's why I think line. they'll lose like like four, like three or four games because he's a rookie coach. He's got to manage yeah. the game. You got to know like situationally. You got to know player injuries and all that. So, like the only well, thing I, that's going to help out the Browns is the talent and the experience. Like Baker just has it, and then so does Jarvis and Odell and the rest of the team. But um, or most of the players, but the coaching situation could be a little rough. So that that athleticism from these players have to overcome some of these bad decisions that the coach may make. You don't know. You never know. And, the, and the divisional games are tough. Bengals may come in and beat the Browns. Or, you know, we may be shocked about a game against the Steelers or the Ravens and the uh, Browns or Steelers and uh, Ravens. Like, you never know in the division. I mean, we've seen the Dolphins beat the Patriots like plenty of times the past couple seasons. You know, it's just it's pretty wild to think that. I mean, not being biased, I'm a Dolphins fan, but playing Tom Brady, the Miami Dolphins don't have like barely anybody on their team to carry them. So, never know. Go ahead, Brandon. You were about to say something. Nah, scratch it. I scratched what I was about to say. <laughs> Wasn't important. He's giant, giant stock. <laughs> yeah. I think I think giants. like the Steelers have a lot of depth too. That that can help him in the long haul. It's just like Ben Roethlisberger doesn't play a full season. There's at least like one game that you know 
heat kicks off or whatever. You all right? Yeah. I mean, Mike Tomlin is going to be the one to carry them through if that's the case. You know? Like, Mike Tomlin's got the experience. He's been there. He's been to Super Bowls. He's coached his team in tough games, tough AFC Championship games. So, you know, with his experience and his ability to be such a well-rounded coach, you know, he's the only one that's going to be able to kind of pull things back together. When he was on a lot of pressure last year, he was still able to kind of keep it together. Uh, I it's, just don't it's, buy it's, Lamar either. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a reason they bought Lamar and, and set Joe Flacco. I mean, sure, Lamar is not proven to throw the ball, but he, he's effective in that offense because when he runs, they don't expect him to run, and that's what causes problems. You still have to drop your defense back in a passing situation, and that opens Lamar up for all that running room. So, I mean, he could uh, – I mean, yeah, they lost a lot on their defense, but, I mean, they're going to have a solid offense. I kind of believe in Lamar Jackson. Like, Wes, you're right. The guy, like, cannot throw a football. He's, like, almost – like, hate to say it, like, Tim Tebow cannot throw a football either. In the NFL, at least, maybe not Yeah, I compare NFL. this situation with Tim Tebow, but, like, Tim but Tebow, I is, think, was just more of a passer than Lamar is. Exactly. Like, the game is changing. The game is becoming less of, like, a drop-back quarterback and more of, like, an agile six-foot six foot quarterback type game. It's pretty crazy to think, and it's all happening very very quick if you think about it. A lot of players will – a lot of people will doubt the smaller quarterbacks and say, hey, like, you know, you're not going to be successful. You can't see over the line. And it becomes a legitimate issue. But look what Russell Wilson's done. Look what Drew Brees has done. You know, look at what these, these guys have done. Um so I don't know. I guess you either have it or you don't. That's what it comes down to. And also, the best ability on the field is availability. Like, can these guys stay healthy? That's a big factor in a lot of these uh, teams' off seasons and you know, in uh, regular seasons. I mean, look at what happened to Atlanta. Eight guys on defense were on injured reserve. So, you know, who who knows? But I got the Steelers. Ants got the Ravens or Brown. You got the Browns winning the division, right? Browns, Ravens, Steelers, and then uh, Bengals. Easily Bengals fourth. Easily. They'll be picking a quarterback this upcoming year in the draft. And then Brandon's got the Ravens, right? Yep. I'm riding so the Raven train. Yeah. I'll so let's move to the you. NFC North. Uh, go ahead, Ant. Final I'm thought. Gonna say, I'm going to say this. That was my guess, but the real ranking is probably going to be Browns. I mean, Ravens, Steelers, Browns, Bengals. Oh my gosh, guys! Come <laughs> on. All right, and let's go to the NFC North, where the Chicago Bears surprised everybody and went 12 and four. Went from last place in the division to first place and ended up getting, you know, a division win. But they came like two doinks away from beating the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoff game. Minnesota just missed the wild card, letting the Philadelphia Eagles in, going on eight seven and one. Green Bay had a disappointing season, as we all know, six nine and one. And then the good old Detroit Lions last in the division once again, six and ten with Matt Stafford. Um, there's a lot of shifting in this division with uh, new coaches coming in in Green Bay. Green Bay loading up their roster, especially on defense. Minnesota making some additions. Detroit basically becoming the Patriots of the NFC North with all their additions of old New England Patriots like Damian and Dola and then uh, 
their pass rusher. I think it's Trey Brown or somebody like that. Flowers. Anywho, Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers, yeah. So basically they're the New England Patriots. So who do you got winning the NFC North, the Bears, Vikings, Packers, or the Patriots, Brandon? I'll start with you. Uh, okay, so <laughs> originally originally I had my sheet. I wrote I wrote out the strength of the schedules for each team and the strength of their, of their roster, but I, I threw it out because I didn't think we'd ever get to record this podcast. Uh, so I have Chicago winning the division again because they got a new kicker. And, I mean, it's the Chicago Bears. They still have a strong defense. Mitchell Trubisky is a great quarterback. Uh, Tariq Cohen is an absolute animal in the backfield. Um, So I have Chicago winning. I have Green Bay getting their shit together with their new coach. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers wakes up a little bit. I mean, he's still got a ton of talent around him. Uh, Their defense hasn't gotten weaker. It's it's just getting stronger. So Chicago one, Green Bay two. Uh, I have – and I have Detroit at three. Um, I mean, they have arguably right now the best defensive line in the NFL. I mean, they got Snacks Harrison, they got Trey Flowers, and they got a couple other animals on their defensive line. Um, As far as their offense goes, I think it's going to be mediocre at best. I think defense is what wins them their games. And then Minnesota, if they don't get rid of their quarterback, and I mean, if if Kirk Cousins doesn't start playing like a – I guess, what was it, $84 million quarterback, then they're not going to go anywhere. So I have Chicago 1, Green Bay 2, Detroit 3, Minnesota dead last. Yeah, this this division's really, like, really weird. Like, very, very weird. Like, to see Chicago go 12-4 and four, 12 and four last year was kind of surprising. And, you know, they wouldn't even made it further if that kicker made that field and everybody was in disbelief. Um, and then, like, Minnesota in second place and Green Bay in third with Aaron Rodgers on your team, picking this guy to pull out a little bit more, but there was some problems going on with him and the whole coaching situation with um, uh, who was that old – who was the Green Bay coach? Oh, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, yeah, with him and, like, why they wouldn't resign him is beyond me. And then, you know, what after all he's done, and then Detroit 6-10, and 10, which is – you know, a little surprising too, because I I have always liked Matt Stafford. I always kind of believed in him. I thought he had what it took to be a playoff contender type quarterback. But he, it's just like one of those one of those things where it's just it's just not working. It's just not working for him for some reason. He did really good last year. He went twenty one and eleven touchdown interception. That's second best in the NFC uh, in the NFC North with Mitch Trubisky up there leading that division, but um, yeah, I, I'm going to go Chicago again. I think they're going to come back hunger, uh, especially after missing that field goal last year. I definitely think they want to come back and, you know, tackle the season better than before. Um, then between Green Bay, I think Green Bay will kind of clean their act up together too. Aaron Rodgers definitely has to wake up. That's 100% true, Brand, like you said. Um, so Green Bay second. Um, Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, same thing has got to be playing better football. Um, but he he's gonna go uh, third, Minnesota third, and then Detroit. I may put Detroit back down to four as well. I don't know. It's a weird it's a weird division, but that's very tough with Danny Amendola back on that team and adding all the talent. But I'm gonna go Chicago, remake Minnesota, and then. Yeah, 
Troy is very interesting because they're always around like seven and nine, six and ten, and it's like Every they're not. Is. They're not a bad team. They play good teams like really well. It's just you know for some reason just you know whatever it is coaching or player personnel or whatnot they just can't win like tight games or something. It's it's really weird with it Detroit. Just, like I believe in Detroit, but like like you're saying, like I'm so on board with what you're saying. It's just. They just, I don't know, they just cannot win games, like, and they play they, good they football. Win, they win, like, they play really good football, like, they gave Dallas an overtime, like, loss there, like, they they gave the Rams a bit of a shocker, what was in Detroit. I, I just don't know what Detroit really is, you know, maybe maybe they taint it, uh, taint it. Maybe they turn it around this year. Who knows? But I, I just don't see that happening with Detroit. I think they're back in like seven to nine, six and ten. Who knows? Maybe a coach gets fired or whatnot. Who is who's the who is the um, Detroit Lions coach? The old defensive coordinator for the Patriots, right? Uh, what was his name? Uh, Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia. Yeah. yeah. He's got to put his hat backwards in order for that franchise to win because, like, his <laughs> yeah. his hat frontwards just does not make sense at all. And then bring that pencil back, too. (laughs) But I think it's going to be a tight race for the top. I think the the division winner is probably going to be 9-7, 10-6. I see Chicago taking a bit of a step back this year just because they got a first-place schedule, and then they got a a very tough – they got to play the AFC West. That's going to be a tough division to get some wins over those um, teams. And, you know, it's just – is Mitchell Trubisky going to take steps forward into his progressions? I don't know because, quite frankly, they didn't add anything around him. Um, you know, they still got Cohen in the backfield, and then they got uh, Mike Davis from Seattle in there, and then they just added a Montgomery guy in the draft. But Chicago's defense like, is going to be there, but, you know, I just don't know if the offense will technically be there. Like, I'm looking at the 2018 schedule for the Lions, and it's just, like, it's mind-blowing. Like, they lost the first game against the Jets 48-17. to But then the, the next week, they beat the Patriots at home 26-10. to They beat the Packers the week after that. And then they lost against the Seahawks by 14 points, so two touchdowns. That's not bad. They barely lost against the Bears either, 22-34. You know, they're playing good football. They kept the Cardinals to three points. They didn't lose to the Rams by that many points either. Like, these are good teams that they're they're playing that they're not really getting crushed by. So it's just so weird. It's so weird that they just don't, you know, they're just not pulling, they're just not pulling through. Who knows? Maybe Calvin Johnson there could have, uh, you know, helped the team out a little bit if he didn't retire yeah. so early. But uh, I think it's going to come down to Minnesota and Green Bay to win the division. I think Chicago is going to go eight and eight. Um, Minnesota still has that defense that they had a lot of injuries <sighs> to, and Dalvin Cook was hurt last year as well, and he was a good running back. Then you got Thielen and Diggs, one, one of the best combos in the league at receiver. And then, you know, the offensive line, they drafted a center, and they were banged up last year. Same thing with Green Bay. They were banged up on the defense, and then they had a lot of moves under that secondary and, like, pass rushing. I think it's going to be – I would go Minnesota because if that defense is playing like it was, like, two years ago with all the pieces back, 
then you don't need Kirk Cousins that much. You know, you just need him to put up 20 to 13 points maybe. And then Green Bay, I just don't know with the new coach coming in that that's going to mix well with Aaron Rodgers because he's a big personality kind of guy. And he's going to want to do the offense his own way. So I think it will be a playing game between the Vikings and Packers, which they play um, late in the season, week 16. And I think Minnesota wins that one, and that seals up the division for Minnesota. I just it's hard for me to have faith in Minnesota because the the, the quarterback situation is just not good and it I agree good yeah it's hard for Kirk Cousins but like the talent around him is there they got a lot of like great pieces and Mike Zimmer's a great defensive coach I mean Kirk Cousins played pretty damn good last year but not big games well big yeah the big the big game wise, he struggled, but he like I'm looking at it right now. He threw for almost forty touchdowns, ten interceptions. That's that's really good for Kirk Cousins to throw thirty touchdowns. But that, like you said, Wes, the big games, it's like that's that that's where a lot of teams. Struggle. It's like the fourth and one type type of game. Like, the, are you going to show up? Like, where's my guys? Where's the where's the ones that are going to show up and actually play? Who's the ones that gonna are going to win this game? And you know, they've just struggled in those big games. Yeah, I mean, besides Chicago last year, the division was really mediocre between the rest of the teams. So it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if these teams uh, bring it this season. I think I think the the opener between the Bears and Packers is going to be very interesting to see how the, that season goes. You know, are the Bears are going are the Bears going to be legit again, or is Aaron Rodgers going to be Aaron Rodgers again and pull out a win for them and the Packers re- cement the division. I have no idea. Like I said, it's nine and seven wins this division to me because these teams are going to beat each other up like really bad. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think I think um, Green Bay is like completely reliant on how Aaron Rodgers plays when he does not play well. That whole team suffers, and it shows. Like last year, they went six and nine. That's really bad coming from uh, like a possible Hall of Fame quarterback. So, no, Green Bay should never even go below eight games with Aaron Rodgers on their team, regardless of how banged up the team is or if they don't have a coach or whatever. Um, it's just like one of those things that you know you have Tom Brady on your team, but you lost one of your receivers. He still makes you know? it work. Yeah. Exactly. Devontae so is a pretty good receiver for them, though. He, he's he's a stud of his receiver. Fantasy player that is yeah. sleeping on, you got to take Devontae Adams. Yeah. Oh, 100%. He's a great receiver. And Jimmy Graham's still on the team, right? Yeah. So they got they got pieces there. It's just, is, is there going to be a division again between head coach and quarterback? That's my concern with this team because, like, they got they got right. like a thirty year old kid coming in and be a head coach. I don't know what is up with these kids getting jobs, head coaching jobs after being like a position coach. I mean, this coach hasn't done really anything. Uh, Lafleur is is that what his name is? He French or something? Yeah, Lafleur. Yeah, like, like he was the Titans' offensive coordinator, and the Titans' offense didn't do anything. So. How's that going to transition with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, who just wants to score points all the time? You know, we'll see. It's it's just, dude. It's all who you know, really. It's just, I mean, this this coach has a lot of coaching. Experience. 
coach for anything, nothing. So, I mean, he's never been put in that position where he had to actually call the shots. And head coaching is more about coaching the coaches. Like, does this guy know how to coach the coaches? It's not all about all the X and O's. And managing all the players. Managing everybody. Management. Like, making sure things work out properly. And, like, like, maybe he'll do an awful job. Who knows? But for me, I'm going to go with the guy who has a little bit more experience. Um, An actual, like, in age. And, you know, the older you are, if you've been in the sport for a longer time, you're going to know more. It doesn't matter if you played it or not. Um, But really, one of these things one of these things come down to is like, he must know somebody. And that's why, I mean, look at Ben McAdoo. I thought that guy was like a chef or something. I had no idea that guy was a football coach. Guy had a slick back hair and, and sunglasses on every game. And he told everything, the same thing he said every week. Oh, we'll look, we'll go back and look at the tape. We'll look at the tape and we'll make, we'll make changes. Like, dude, no, you're screwed. Uh, I don't want to compare here. But, like, Matt LaFleur, I mean, he's a young guy, yeah. I mean, everyone's going to doubt a first-year young head coach. But I think Sean McVay, uh, I, I think he kind of set, set the bar for younger guys walking in to be a head coach. Not comparing at all because Sean McVay came up under John Gruden and shadowed him for a long time. Matt LaFleur, I don't know anything about. Like you said, he was the Titans offensive coordinator. And that's not saying much. But if you have the right pieces around you, then you're going to be okay. And Sean McVeigh McVeigh knows so much older, so much younger. McVeigh, McVeigh, fuck, is so much younger. McVeigh is 33. That, like, oh my god, head coach at 33. Like most of these coaches are well over 50. Like the successful ones, or a lot of them, are most mostly over 50. So it's pretty wild to be 33 and bring your team to a Super Bowl as well. So, yeah, I guess it's about setting the tone pretty much and really putting your heart and soul into everything. So with the, with these uh, predictions, you guys think the Bears are going to go far too this year? If, if you guys think they're going to win the division, uh, do you think they make a playoff push and potentially win the Super Bowl? <sighs> I I, I I can't. I don't. I can't. I can't say right now because it's. I, I don't. There's so many good teams. It seems this year. I. I mean. I don't think the Bears are one of them, but I think they will win the division. Uh, well, Bears have a pretty tough schedule. So, um, do I think they'll win the Super Bowl? I definitely don't think they'll win the Super Bowl. Do I think they'll maybe get to a playoff spot this year? Dude, you never. You are. You never know. I mean, whoever thought Pittsburgh was going to struggle the way they did after all this stuff? I mean, this one thing happens, and then everything goes downhill. Well, I predicted uh, Chicago to win the division, and yeah, I do think they'll make a playoff. Obviously, they're going to be in the playoffs, um, but no, I don't see them contending for a Super Bowl. I don't think any of these uh, teams are Super Bowl contenders yet, but I, I yeah. have Minnesota winning division at 9-7, and seven, and everyone else saying gonna make the wild card because that that nfc wild card is gonna be very competitive all right um next week we'll be predicting the uh afc and nfc south 
getting into those divisions. Those are some tough divisions, too. You thought the North was tough. Wait until you look at those. Um, so, training camp news. The GOAT, Tom Brady, has agreed to a contract extension until 2021. He'll be paid $23 million this year, which is uh, about a $8 million raise from what he was going to be paid this year. Um, he's the sixth highest paid quarterback. You guys thought, no-brainer, right? Pay Tom Brady? Of course. He's your guy. He's been your guy for, forever now. So, yeah, you got to pay the man. And then uh, news out of New Orleans, Michael Thomas ended his holdout with the Saints. He got a new contract, five years, $100 million, with $60 million guaranteed. Uh, Ant, this is your Buckeye. You thought this was a great move? <sighs> I don't care if you're a Buckeye. I don't care if you're a Tom Brady. I don't care if Alex Rodgers, unless you are God or you <laughs> Tom Brady first, is God, just like un- unstoppable on the field. Why are you paying? Why are you paying? Why? Why? What? Like, do we just look at people and we just put dollar signs on everybody? Like, is yes. that how we look at people? <laughs> That's how like, society works. Like, a dollar sign on this guy and a dollar sign on that guy. The, like, That's how is no- sports is going, man. There is no saying that Michael Thomas is going to come out this year and have one of the most most reception guys at any. This guy can completely shut down, and I don't think he's going to. He was he's been groomed at Ohio State for all four years, been groomed by Sean um, by Sean Payton. I don't think he's going to do that. A hundred million dollars, like. That is a lot of money to just over play five the game. years, though. So twenty million a year. Like it's not right off the bat he gets a hundred mil. Sixty four million guaranteed. That's a lot guaranteed. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I don't think anybody deserves like that much money to go play the game. Like you should just be grateful enough they're even playing NFL, but that's the way it works. You know, that's the way the players want it. So that's the way you know management does it. But I just hope the guy stays healthy. I hope the guy takes the emphasis off him and puts it on his team because once you start start putting yourself in a box that I want this much money or want to hold out, you take the emphasis off who? You take the emphasis off your team and you put it on you because now you act selfish because you're not looking to go win for the team. So I hope he just stays on track and does the right thing, but good for him for you know getting paid. Agree to disagree. That's all I got to say. All right. Uh, other news. Jaguars defensive end Yannick Nugakwe ended his holdout, uh, 12-day holdout. He did not get a new contract, so he's in Jacksonville Jaguars camp. Uh, that defense is hoping for a bounce-back year. Chargers running back Melvin Gordon, speaking of holdouts, has requested a trade last week from the Chargers after turning down a $10 million a year contract extension from the Chargers. Brandon, do you think was a, this is a smart move by Gordon? And this holdout's no. going to last all um, no, 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 no. Probably all this, camp, right? This was a terrible move by him. Um, $10 million a year is pretty damn good for the running back of his caliber. So uh, he's going to be holding out for the rest of the year. They're not going to trade him. Uh, if I mean, if they, obviously, they're not going to pay him any more than that. So if he's going to hold out, it's going to be another Le'Veon Bell situation. He'll sit out the season, be traded off at the end of the season. So I think it's a bad move on his part. Uh, honestly, especially with the way the Chargers are going. I mean, they're, they, they they were contenders last season yeah. until they ran into the Patriots roadblock. 
So bad move on Melvin Gordon. <laughs> well, bless you. <laughs> what a sneeze. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Giants wide receiver Golden Tate is facing a four-game suspension for PED violations, and he will appeal. Uh, Anthony, have you tried out as a wide receiver for the Giants yet? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't since I got hurt, but I think I have a legitimate chance of making it, so I probably should. <laughs> it's going to be a long season for New York. For you Giants fans, sorry, Brandon. <laughs> Last okay, thing of well, NFL It's going to be rough with it. For you Knicks fans, too. Yeah, that's true. And, and Dolphins fans. We're all in this together, buddy. Hey, at least, at least the Yankees are doing good. The Yankees are doing good. Yes. The Yankees are doing really good. Yeah. We'll get into that in a uh, second, but I want to bring up a story that's very interesting coming out of Redskins camp. Uh, Trent Williams, left, left tackle. He's a Pro Bowl uh, tackle. He's holding yeah. out not about money, but it's about medical issues. He's saying that he was mistreated and misdiagnosed by the um, athletic training staff and says he won't play for the Redskins again. He only has two years remaining on the contract. So Redskins are in a tight of a, a bit of a tight spot with this guy. Do you trade him? Do you, you know, he said fire the coach, the athletic training staff, and then he'll come back. So that's never going to happen. But um, very interesting holdout. So, do you think it's the right move for the Redskins to trade Trent Williams or hold on to this guy? He said he's not going to play. So coming from the Redskins, uh, I think we all kind of know their track record for injuries every year and how their roster is always banged up like crazy every season. So I, I see where this guy's coming from, and I understand his point of view. Uh, but, yeah, if I'm the Redskins and this man said he's not going to play for my team anymore, he's trade bait to me. But I, I see where he's coming from. I could see where he's coming from. I don't know, like, you never know, like, why they're saying what they're saying. If you can truly believe that they want to leave because of the medical staff or if they just want out of Washington. Um, but, Brandon, you're right. You, we've seen, like, RG3 get banged up because he would just run around the field all time, just these crazy hits. Uh, but as an offensive lineman, no, no less Trent Williams, like, a like a six-time Pro Bowl or whatever it is, just just take care of your business, man. Whether you got to go to a different athletic trainer or a different coach, like a lot of these players will go to like different coaches on the offseason. They won't even like train with like the team staff or any of that. Like if it's let medical, me just say though, with Trent Williams, he hasn't played a full season since 2013. That's like five years ago. Yeah, that's incredible. That that's that's not good. I don't know the whole story. To Amber alert. Pulling out. But, um, Guys getting flooded? <laughs> uh, there was an Amber alert and then like a flash flood warning. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, hell, like the number one thing in sports and what it should be is, is safety. I mean, that just goes without saying. It's true. A lot of these coaches, a lot of these staffs, they don't care. They don't care about the players, and, and that's the whole reason of coaching is to care. So, like, if he feels like he's being neglected or he's not being treated right, hell, like, I'll hold out, too. Like, hopefully I get traded to a different team that actually, you know, wants to win, actually cares about taking care of their players. Um, he's been so, with yeah. the Redskins since 2008, man. That's that's a lot of losing. 
That's a long <laughs> only time. Two, yeah. Only two playoff bursts with like RG3 and Kirk Cousins the one year. Like, that stinks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. That's not fun. Nah, yeah. so maybe what do you trade like what do you trade for him? Like what's his trade value? Like a number one pick, maybe? Like a first round he's pick. He's a left he's a left tackle, right? Isn't he a pro bowl left tackle? Left tackle yeah. yeah. us. It depends on how healthy he gets. Big. That's yeah. true too, yeah. He hasn't played a full season since twenty thirteen. I mean, I definitely think you tra- trade for a first round pick or a guy that's got some decent talent and size and athleticism because look at the league you're blocking nowadays. You got you got JJ Watts, you got TJ Watts, you got uh, Aaron Donalds, you got um Juan you Miller. Know, uh, Millers, you got Khalil Max, you got you got super athletic, strong guys coming at your quarterback. So you either got two options. Your quarterback either has to now squat over 600 pounds or you got to get a big boy on that left side to protect them because most of them are righties, these quarterbacks throw righties. So that's your blind side. So you got to, you know, you got to trust your left tackle. Left tackle is such an important position. Well, they're the highest paid linemen, so. Yeah, that too. Besides your center and make sure the center can snap the ball correctly. <laughs> and he, we'll and see he's some. a big dude too. He's huge. Yeah. So we go over to the MLB trade deadline that was last Thursday. I'm just going to go through this quick. Uh, former Cy Young winner Zach Granke got traded from the Diamondbacks to go to the Houston Astros. They have a hell of a pitching um, with Justin Verlander and now Zach Granke on that. They're going to be tough in the. They're looking for another World Series title with that move. And then uh, Marcus Stroman, pitcher for the Blue Jays, he was a young stud, pitching very well. Got traded to the Mets. Who knows what the Mets are doing? Like they were. Going to trade Noah Syndergaard, and they didn't. So who knows? And they're terrible. Uh, Yankees and Dodgers didn't make a move, but the Yankees swept the Red Sox this past weekend. Get this. Guess how many different players have been on the IL for the Yankees? Uh, probably uh, at, uh, at least 30. At least 30. Brandon was close. It's 25. Yeah. What are they doing out there? <laughs> did you guys – did anybody watch training? the game last night? I didn't watch the game, but I saw them dominating. Like uh, the one guy hit himself, or the ball, the ball ricocheted off his bat two times in the same at bat, and hit him in the leg two times. Uh, Giovanni Urshello, I think his name was. Yeah, the, it ricocheted off his leg, hit him in his knee, and then the second pitch right after that one ricocheted off the bat and hit him in his thigh. So it's like we everyone thought he was going on the IL too. And they're yeah. 30 games um, above 500, and they're like 10 games ahead in the division, which is remarkable for them to do with 25 different guys on the IL, man. That's ridiculous. And you, you, how come you haven't gotten a job with them yet, dude? Like, come on. Dude, I've been, I, I've been struggling since January to get my foot in the door, and I just have nothing. So I, <laughs> I should be the next strength conditioning coach for this team because it, there's no reason why these players should be getting hurt. Like 25 I, of them, dude. <laughs> I, I get John Carlo and Aaron Judge are like big dudes, so there's more to get hurt. But like, come on. Like, what what are you doing? I'm sure they're not showing up to, to practice, or I'm sure they're not showing up to the weight room. I'm sure they're doing everything they can to be healthy, and they're just, I don't, I have no idea what they're doing. Maybe they're just doing cardio. Dude, I don't know about well, this. 
Yankees thing, man. It's, it's crazy. You play nine, nine players play the game, and like you have 25 different players like getting hurt. <laughs> well, the guy they just signed has a fractured wrist now. Oh, uh, Edward Carcione? Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, well, I, I don't know. I mean, that's not on the training staff. He got whacked no. with the ball in the wrist. So. Yeah. But, but my I concern mean, look, with the Yankees, Yankees are is still like, dominating. Yeah, my concern, though, is like when it comes to postseason, are all these guys going to be healthy enough for them to contend for a championship? I mean, their ability to the, playoffs, so. If if they're dominating right now with the younger guys that they're probably calling up from the minors, um, I mean they handed it to the Red Sox this weekend and they didn't have any of their best players on the field. Not, e- I mean, not besides, even like a chance for the Red Sox to win a game. It was bad, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, if you want your guys to be healthy at the way that the season's been going for them, I mean, rotate them in and out. And and rest them a majority of the rest of the way until the postseason comes because you're you're you already punched your ticket. I mean, so that's what I would do. I think Aaron Boone is doing a great. Not to go off topic about the players, I think Aaron Boone is doing a great job being really engaging with the team and like I said, actually caring about this team. Whereas Joe Girardi was a little bit different and kind of feel like gave up at the end of his. His, and the end of his career there with the Yankees. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know why, I don't know why these players are getting hurt like the way they are. Besides, something's just bad luck with the guy breaking his wrist, Carcino breaking his wrist. But um, yeah, like you said, Brandon they kind of punched their ticket. You know, they're first place in the standings. They're the best team in baseball right now, right? Dodgers are, but they're Dodgers. similar records. Yeah. Yeah, like seventy four or whatever for like thirty. And the Astros are right there too, man. Yeah, but like you said, West to carry on, you know, in in the postseason is a little bit is different. You know, you're seeing these teams five games, seven games max if you, if possible, and you know it it's there's a lot of pressure to come at that point. It's not like we could lose one game and then we can move on and be all right. Like this is everything. Like we gotta stay healthy if we want to win a championship. Yeah, and then one more trade. This is a very interesting trade. Uh, Trevor Bauer, the guy that got pissed and threw the ball all the way out in the center field, he was traded to the Reds in exchange for Yasiel. Yeah, man. He got traded to the Reds in exchange for Yasiel Puig and a a few other pieces. Ten minutes after this trade was made, that's when that Reds and Pirates brawl happened, which, (laughs) like, was ridiculous that Yasiel Puig was fighting the guys and he wasn't even on the team. Like th- this brawl was crazy, guys. Do you have an opinion on this brawl? Like, uh, I think Yasiel Puig is just a he's just a brawler, man. He anytime he smells blood, he's in it. He's in it. Yeah, he he like he like sprinted and no hesitation, like just swing. Well, the, I thought it was funny how like Amir Garrett, the pitcher just went into the Pirates' dugout and was just like, all right, I got this. One man versus the whole team. I can take him. Like, <laughs> the whole Trevor Bauer thing was kind of like, you never see him you know, have such a frustrating game like that. And, he, and especially when Terry Francona was like coming out, he was coming out to the mound. Like He saw him coming out, yeah, he still did that. And Francona was like a very well-respected guy and you know, kind of looked at him and was like, 
you know, I don't care who you are. You Did just, you see what you he said? He was just, like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, he just completely disrespected, like, him and the rest of the team and everybody and, like, just threw the ball. Did it almost hit somebody in the stands back there? No, it didn't, it didn't hit it didn't anyone get close in the enough? stands. No. But he, no, he, no, there's no seating out in the center field in the uh, Kansas field. City. Yeah, but he, he just, like, threw, and he was, like, and then right after that, he's, like, I, I know, coach, my bad, my bad. But he's, like, just, he's, like, go sit down there. Go sit down. Don't talk. <laughs> Shut your mouth. He's pissed. I'd be pissed, too. Like, come out to the mountain and talk to this guy. I don't want my player acting like a two-year-old. He's a professional athlete now. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, another thing about the Reds-Pirates brawl, too, that was funny. Reds, The Reds manager, David Bell. He was tossed in the eighth because there was the way this fight happened was that, you know, pitchers were going after heads in like the seventh. And, you know, um, the Pirates were chirping all the game and the Reds were chirping too. And then um, the Reds manager got tossed in the eighth inning and this fight happened in the ninth. He came out from the dugout and started fighting in the fight after he got tossed. So it's just crazy how, you know, that brawl happened. And, there's so many suspensions, 10 games, 8 games, 6 games, and there's like six players that got suspended from that, including Yasiel Puig, who's not even on either team. So he's on, he's with Cleveland now. I don't get why they traded Yasiel Puig. Well, the Reds weren't doing anything. It's just Cleveland probably needed uh, hitting to keep up with the Twins so that way they can be in the um, – they already got their pitching down, so – they needed a, probably a few extra bats, and I think Yasiel Puig was probably that guy to put him over just to give him those insurance runs. But you know, who knows? They might not even make the postseason. But that fight was something else, man. That fight was really it was a fun. Brawl. It, was, it was like a true And there was no one in the brawl. stands to see it because no one goes to Reds games. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate. They should just like win the stands just brawl, for fun. Though. But it, it wasn't just like a jump out of the bench and like talk, like talk, like smash talk people. Like they were fighting each other. Like they were throwing their fists at each other. It was intense. They should have the broadcasters so- come down and start fighting them. Like it was at the ninth inning too. So like it was game over. Yeah, at that point they don't care. Honestly. All right. Some quick news though that. Some NBA news: Draymond Green and CJ McCollum agreed to a hundred million dollar contract extensions. Uh, Dray- Draymond is the third piece of that Warriors team. Gets a hundred million. CJ McCollum up in Portland. He's a great duet with uh, Damian Lillard. Gets a hundred million. Um, NHL news: Ryan Callahan traded from the Lightning's to the Senators, and then Chris Kunitz announced his retirement. And Andre Vasilevsky, the big man net for Tampa, got an eight-year, seventy-six million-dollar extension. Those are your winter sport news, which is Shatton very important. Shaq Kirk went to the Lightning, I do believe, as well. Yeah, because he got cut, right? I, I think yeah. so. And then uh, Jack Hughes practiced with Carl Brad Marchand. So there's yeah. a little news with him practicing with those guys, which is pretty crazy. And uh, Alex Ovechkin's in China. Uh, just doing yeah, that uh, Preseason rankings are coming out for college football again. The coaches play at ESPN. <laughs> Uh, they had the same top five teams in this particular order, Clemson, Bama, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. Uh, coaches poll, poll had seven Big Ten teams, six SEC teams, five Pac-12 teams, three Big 12 teams, and two teams from the ACC. Notre Dame and UCF are also ranked. 
Uh, do you know who the other ACC team is ranked besides Clemson? Uh, I'm just giving you a guess. Without looking. Uh, uh, Duke's not ACC, right? But they're not good in football. But is Duke no. ACC? Yeah. Uh, what is another ACC team? Florida State's not ACC, right? Yeah, they are, but they're not ranked. It's Syracuse. Syracuse what? is 22nd. Football? Yeah. <laughs> Clemson wow. and Syracuse are the only ACC teams ranked, man. That's how bad the I, ACC has gotten. I can't. I I can't stand with the rankings from fifteen to twenty-five. Uh, just it's irrelevant. Yeah, we we were talking about this last week. I think we all agree how how stupid it was. I mean, Alabama has not moved from the top two, not top three, from the top. Who in like ever since Nick Saban started coaching there in like 2010 or whatever it was? It's like it's ridiculous. Like it it's just absurd. Like every even when even when Oregon and Ohio State was in the in the in the championship game 2014, Alabama probably still finished the season number one. Even when in the championship, they probably still finished number one. Like <laughs> I'm serious though. Like they're placed number two. Georgia is a way tougher team. Georgia is a way better. I don't know how I want to say better, but they're a tougher team to play than Alabama is. I got to be honest. Georgia has nasty football down there. And then I would put Alabama as number three. So Clemson, Georgia, Bama. Yeah. And then um, week one's pretty slow. But then week two, there's three top 10 games there's um, LSU and Texas. Then there's um, Georgia and Notre Dame. I think that's week two. That's at Georgia. And then there's Texas A&M at Clemson. So week two is going to be pretty busy in the college football just to see, you know, who are contenders. Like, who are these big-time schools? Like, are they top ten schools? So, Wes, I just want you to take two. Like, if you went to Alabama or, Clem- um, Alabama or Georgia, even after Alabama beat Georgia in that, that crazy um, whatever playoff game that was, do you remember that? Or was that the championship? I don't remember. That was the national championship. That was the national championship. That was a wild game. But if you had to take a better team that you wanted to stand next to, who would you pick, Bama or Georgia? Right now? I don't, wow. I don't know. Bama's pretty young, but they got, like, number one recruits all the time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Georgia's pretty dang good, too, but, like, they got all new wide receivers for Jake Fromm, so it's going to take time for him to do chemistry. So, I don't know, man. That's the SEC championship game. That's going to yeah. be it. You you know how it's going to go, but I don't know. We're about 19 days away from college football playoff. We're not the playoff, the uh, start of the season. Um, the Pro Football Hall of Fame class, last topic, was announced this uh, – they had their induction ceremonies this past uh, weekend. Champ Bailey, Pat Bolin, Gil Brandt, Tony Gonzalez, Ty Law, uh, Kevin McQuay, Ed Reed, and Johnny Robinson. Guys, who, who are you going to remember uh, those guys? Like, it's a pretty dang good glass. Champ uh, Bailey. Class. Yeah, Ed Reed. Ed Reed. Oh, my God. Guy was all over the field. Just, just get up and go get the ball. That was it for that guy. Get up and go get the ball. Tony Gonzalez, boss. Super reliable. Um, Champ Bailey. Solid in the backfield, Bronco guy. That's your guy, Wes. So yeah, man, good, 
Good class, honestly. Really good class. Really solid class. I don't know a couple other guys you named that I haven't heard of before. If I saw him, I'd probably be like, all right, I think I've Tide Law, play, man. Tide Law. Heard of Tide Law. Um, but, yeah, no, good, definitely good class. Brandon, oh, yeah. Oh, 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 I gotta go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was on uh, mute. Yeah, whatever Anthony said. Uh, no, nah, I'm just kidding. No, nah, it was a really good class. Um, <laughs> it was actually kind of, it was actually kind of funny. Um, I was watching Sports Center last night, and uh, Scott Van Pelt was talking about the unveiling of Ed Reed's uh, statue. Oh, yeah, dude, like, it was how great. detailed, how detailed it was with the hair, and oh my god, it was crazy. Did I didn't see? Did this. he wear like a bandana, like when he played? Nah, I can't remember. I think he did. Yeah. But yeah, he he's a stud. It was always like Ed Reed or Troy Polamalu were like the top two safeties. Yeah, like he was like pick your poison. Damn, Troy man, I love, I love. Go ahead, Aunt. Troy Polamalu a little bit different though. Like that guy would like blitz and like be untouched or like jump over the friggin' offensive line. Like, who are you? Like crazy athleticism, but yeah, yeah I loved. I love playing Madden and I love playing with the Ravens and playing as Ed Reed. That was my favorite team because of Ed Reed. Dude, yeah, man. And then, you know, I th- I think Ty Law and Champ Bailey, those were like two of the best corners in the modern era in uh two thousands. Champ Bailey was actually a Redskin before uh he was traded to Denver. He was traded for Clinton Portis. Yeah, you remember him? Yeah. <laughs> what a what that guy is. But at least yeah. the Redskins have a little bit a little bit to hang their hat on. Yeah, right. And then Tony Gonzalez, absolute stud. Uh Kevin yeah. McWay is like a Pro Bowl offensive guard that played for like the Jets and Patriots, all that. So pretty good class. They're talking about expanding it to twenty people next year just for like a one time thing. Which is what like, is the dude, amount that you have? Ten? I think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys. So they're gonna expand yeah. it to twenty. Like, that's just too many people going to the Hall it, of Fame. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot at one time. Yeah. I mean, you got to keep it to Hall of Fame for a reason. Like, Maybe Tim Tebow gets in. It's been five years since he's played in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. Tim Tebow, deserves, 21 Hall of Fame. He deserves something. He deserves a statue in Pittsburgh. Like, Why Pittsburgh? <laughs> because that's the because Tim the Tebow make. Yeah, the immaculate throw in overtime, dude. <laughs> like people that was would such hate a him. great. <laughs> people would absolutely hate him. They would like burn it down to the ground. They love Tim Tebow. You can't burn Tim Tebow to the ground. That's a that's a sin, dude. It's really a sin. I <laughs> well, guys, that's all the time we have for today. We thank you for joining us. And if you have any suggestions for us going forward, give us a message, leave a comment, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at BroBench. And Facebook name is BenchBros2019. Uh, we'll keep up to date with every headlines throughout the week on those pages and social media platforms. We are available on Spotify and Anchor and SoundCloud. So make sure you go over and listen to those. Um, you can listen anytime during the weekends when you're drinking or whatever. So. Again, thank you for listening. Brandon, any last thoughts before Anthony goes to Watkins Glen? Uh, take us away, Anthony. So before we do that, um, 
What an old racist streak, dude. No? Kyle Bush getting ran up the road by William Byron. Chase Elliott taking a win. Truex right behind him. Um, I didn't actually catch the race myself, but I saw highlights. It was it was pretty heated. Like Bubba Wallace got into a fight two, two weeks ago or whatever it was. It was pretty wild. With uh, I forgot who he was arguing against, but he has some going right now. So you know, let's see what happens. As long as Kyle Busch doesn't win, I'm pretty happy. But Cowboys, All right, I'm Wesley Splain. Find me on Twitter at Splain it. And uh, Instagram at Wesley Touchdown if you want. Uh, just don't, just don't do that. Actually, never mind. Uh, follow Ant instead. He's very interact- interactive with you, and you give Ant a shout out here. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm only interactive with you guys if you like like fitness and yeah that stuff. So. Motivation. Motivational stuff to get your butt off the couch and go move. <laughs> Brandon, did it stop raining in Florida yet? Yeah, today was great. I got to wash my car for once. (laughs) What was it, like 20 days straight of rain? Dude, it rains every day. Today it just happened to not. But the rain you get down there is, like, really heavy for, like, 20 minutes and then stops, right? I mean, yeah, usually. I mean, but it's just, like, I don't know, man. It's, It's really weird here in the summertime. And like it, it, the weather will say rain every single day, every hour of the day. But you look outside, and the sun will be out. So it's just, it's really weird. Yeah, that's that southern rain, southern weather. All right, next week we'll be talking about the NFC South and AFC South, and then we'll have a question of the week up on our Facebook page. This past uh, week was about the college football playoffs. Seventy people said they will change it. And 30% says, no, four teams is perfect. You guys are high if you think this is four teams are perfect for the college football playoff. Like, come on, dude. You got to have more. There's 130 teams, man. But, hey, your opinion's your opinion. So, all right. Now I'll do it for us. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Bench Bros. And hopefully you join us next time. We out.